There are two things I am afraid of. One is dying young. The other is Johnny Monroe. Whenever I see him, I get a creepy feeling that crawls up the length of my spine. Daddy used to say that fear is a friend that teaches us life isn't to be played with. Friends like this I can live without. On my way to the graveyard, I run into Johnny standing by the road. His smile shows shreds of chewing tobacco caked around the edges of his teeth. But the scariest thing is the look in his eyes when he sees me or my sisters. He is like a wildcat stalking his next meal. People living in the mountains know that any time you come across a wildcat, you don't look it in the eye or make sudden moves. Every time I see Johnny Monroe, I slow down and stare at the tops of my shoes. Hey, Louisa May. Johnny draws out my name. At 16, he is nearly four years older than me and is a good six inches taller, even slouched. He dropped out of school in the sixth grade and spends a lot of time just standing around. I wish I'd turned back when it first occurred to me. Aunt Sadie, Daddy's sister, calls this my secret sense. The secret sense is a nudge from somewhere deep inside that keeps you out of harm's way if you listen to it. Aunt Sadie is full of ideas that most people don't cater to, not to mention that she never married, a fact that makes some people nervous and sometimes wears a fedora. Sadie collects herbs and roots to make mountain remedies. People come from all over to have her doctor them with red clover blossoms and honey to cure their whooping cough or to get catnip mint to soothe their colicky babies. She also makes the best blackberry wine in three counties. What's the matter, girl? You deaf? Johnny says. I'm not talking to you, I hiss behind clenched teeth. But you're talking to me right now, he says. He grins. Go away, I say. I focus on the worn spot at the end of my shoe and roll my shoulders forward so Johnny will stop staring at my chest, even though there's nothing much to stare at. Where's that sister of yours? Johnny asks. I know he means Meg. Johnny asks after her every chance he gets. I wouldn't mind getting her out behind those bushes. She's not as scrawny like you are, Louise May. Johnny laughs. An empty tin can sits on the ground next to him, and he spits a mouthful of tobacco juice toward the can. It pings against the side. Only Johnny would make a sport of spitting into a can with cling peaches written on the side. He could just as well spit on the road, but he appears to take pride in the ping, like a dart thrower hitting the bright red bullseye in the center of the board. Maybe I should just settle for scrawny, he says but it seems he's talking more to himself than to me. To keep the words from spewing out, I bite my bottom lip hard. I want to call Johnny a low life and a good-for-nothing, which is exactly what he is. Instead, I shuffle forward and don't look up again until I reach the bend in the road. When I glance back, Johnny is still watching me and licks his lips. Before Johnny, I can't say I ever hated anyone. I've come close a couple of times with Doc Lester and Preacher Evans who have the obnoxious habit of acting like they are better than everybody else. They remind me of gnats, and I just want to take a newspaper and shoo them away. But Johnny is more like a black widow spider. He stands on that corner every day hoping some unsuspecting girl will fall into his web.